Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guests, Pastor Rick Stevens, he is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll be talking about progress in public education in Florida. Michael Cannon is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is December the 1st, and on this day in 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama, Rosa Parks was jailed for refusing to give up her seat on a public bus to a white man, a violation of uh, the city's racial segregation laws. The successful Montgomery bus boycott organized by a young Baptist minister named Martin Luther King Jr. followed Park's historic act of civil disobedience. The mother of the civil rights movement, as Rosa Parks is known, was born in Tuskegee, Alabama in 1913. She worked as a seamstress and in 1943 joined the Montgomery chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP. According to the Montgomery City Ordinance in 1955, African Americans were required to sit at the back of the public buses and were also obligated to give up their seats to white riders if the front of the bus was filled up. Parks was in the first row of the black section when the white driver demanded that she give up her seat to a white man. Parks' refusal was spontaneous but was not merely brought on by her tired feet, as the popular legend is said, but in fact, local civic leaders had plan, been planning a challenge to the Montgomery's racist bus laws for several months, and Parks had been privy to the discussion. Learning of Parks' arrest, the NAACP and other African-American activists immediately called for a bus boycott to be held by black citizens on Monday, December the 5th. Uh, word was spread by flyers, and activists formed the Montgomery Improvement Association to organize the protest. The first day of the bus boycott was a great success, and that night the 26-year-old Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. told a large crowd gathered at the church, the great glory of American democracy is the right to protest for a right. King uh, emerged as the leader of the bus boycott and received numerous death threats from opponents of integration. At one point his home was bombed, but he and his family escaped bodily harm. The boycott stretched on for more than a year, and participants carpooled or walked miles to work and school when no other means were possible. As African Americans previously constituted 70% of the Montgomery bus ridership, the municipal transit system suffered gravely during the boycott. On November the 13th, 1956, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Alabama State and Montgomery City bus segregation laws as being a violation of Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. On December the 20th, King issued a follow the following statement. The year-old protest against city buses is officially called off, and the Negro citizens of Montgomery are urged to return to the buses tomorrow on a non-segregated basis. The boycott ended in the next day. Rosa Parks was among the first to ride the newly de desegregated buses. Martin Luther King Jr., of course, and his nonviolent civil rights movement had won a great victory, first victory. There would be many more to come. Rosa Parks died on October the 24th, 2005. 
Three days later, the U.S. Senate passed a resolution to honor Parks by allowing her body to lie in honor in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. One act sparked a a revolution for uh, the races here in the United States, Rosa Parks. Well, stocks rallied on Wall Street after the head of the Federal Reserve said the central bank could ease up on its aggressive pace of interest rates aimed at taming inflation. And while citing some signs that the inflation is cooling, Fed Chair Jerome Powell stressed that the Fed was push rates higher than previously expected to keep them up for an extended period. The S&P 500 jumped 3.1% on Wednesday. Uh, the Nasdaq was up 4.4, and the Dow up 2.2. Treasury yields fell broadly. That's another good, more good news. And crude oil prices rose. Major indexes ended November with their second straight month of gains. Pretty impressive. Uh, of course, uh, Bank of America and others are projecting a big, major fall in stock prices in 2023. But right now, there's a Christmas rally going on, and that's good. After his landslide in November's gubernatorial election over Charlie Crist, Governor Ron DeSantis is launching a new book in February 2023 outlining how his policies in Florida are a bottle-tested blueprint for America's revival. The book will cover key moments in his life, like growing up in a working-class family, playing in Little League World Series, education at Yale and Harvard, volunteering for the Navy after 9-11, serving in Iraq, his family, and insight into the uh, thinking when uh, grappling with COVID-19 restrictions, a critical race theory, woke companies, and legacy media. Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival is going to be on sale on February the 28th. And you can also visit DeSantisBook.com, DeSantisBook.com. What Florida's done is establish a blueprint for governance that has uh, produced tangible results while learning, serving as a rebuke to the entrenched elites who have driven our nation into the ground, Florida is a proof positive that we, the people, are not powerless in the face of these elites, DeSantis writes. A press release from HarperCollins, the book publisher, noted it will tell the story of governor's bold, substantial policy achievements, including education reform, reducing taxes, while generating a record budget surplus, strong stances on immigration, law and order, conservationism, and appointing conservative judges to the state's courts. He's the 46th governor of Florida and was previously a U.S. representative from uh, Florida's 6th District, a founding member of the House Freedom Caucus. Prior, he was a lieutenant in the U.S. Army, uh, Navy, I should say, advising SEAL Team 1 in Iraq in 2007. The Courage to be Free will provide a first-hand account of the blue-collar boy who blew to national attention when he took on Disney's opposing the Parents' Right to Educational Act, along with uh, battling national figures like Anthony Fauci and the war on COVID-19 lockdown, policies versus uh, Florida's relaxed regulations and bolstering of personal medical freedom. Uh, this should be a really interesting book to read. It's not his first book. It's his second book, actually. But uh, certainly seems to position him as a run for the run for the uh, presidency of the United States. field is forming right now. It could be that uh, another senator from uh, Florida could be running as well. So the field is beginning to thicken a little bit for the run for the 2024 GOP nomination. I think it's healthy for the country to have uh, many candidates and it will help uh, the candidate who inevitably runs to be stronger in the process. But the people should have a choice and everybody who wants to run should have an opportunity to do that. Uh, And uh, of course, uh, I think 
Trump would make a great president again. What he did for the country was amazing, but uh, it should be the people's choice. And by the way, uh, D, uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger announced a retreat on the company's cultural and political battle with Florida government and Governor Ron DeSantis over the Parental Rights and Education Act. Iger, who recently replaced former CEO Bob Chappick, said at a town hall he is sorry to see Disney dragged into a fight vowing to quiet things down. And when asked how Disney had handled the dissolution of the Ruddy Creek Improvement District in accordance with a new Florida law signed by DeSantis earlier this year, after a don't-say-gay ba- uh, political battle, Iger expressed regret and uncertainty. Have you given any thought on how to tackle the Reedy Creek situation in Florida? He was asked, replying, no. I have to get to, up to speed on this completely. And what Rufo described as a real retreat, Iger backtracked on company's former vows to go to war with Florida government. I was sorry to see us dragged into the battle, and I have no idea exactly what the ramifications are in terms of the business itself. What I can say is that in the state of Florida, we have been, it's been important to us for a long time, and we've been an important part of the state of Florida. Iger said that at the moment, Disney had no immediate plans to, in dealing with the dissolution of the company's independent district. On politics in general, Iger towed the line, saying the company will never make everybody happy all the time, and we're not going to try to. The new CEO said Disney will promote inclusion, but must listen to the audience and have respect for listeners. To the extent I can work to quiet things down, I'm going to do that, he said. Taking a victory lap on uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson tonight, DeSantis rebuted the uh, notion uh, that Disney, rebutted, I should say, the, uh, that Disney was dragged into a battle by anyone other than themselves. We didn't drag them into it, in it, Tucker. They went on on their own and not only opposed the bill, they threatened to get it repealed, he said. They brought it on themselves. And we did what we stand up for, what was right, and that's a big, powerful company. But you know what? We stand up for folks, and I don't care what a Burbank-based California company says about our laws. Good for Governor DeSantis. Good for Iger, too. Uh, the previous guy, Chopic, made a mess of uh, Disney, and Iger's got his hands full, not only running the company and getting it back in profitability, but also uh, improving the brand. Elon Musk confirmed Wednesday that uh, Twitter has interfered with elections. Uh, Let me repeat that. Twitter has interfered with elections. In response to a report from Reuters about Twitter's move to free speech under Musk, he replied that the obvious reality, as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections. Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed It was only a few days ago that Musk made the announcement that the Twitter files on free speech suppression should be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. Good for him. So it had been long believed that Twitter interfered in the 2020 presidential election in the U.S. by suppressing and censoring the New York Post bombshell report on revelations, uh, shady international business dealings, and influence peddling gleaned from the Hunter Biden laptop. Musk vowed to make public these inter- internal conversations and had Twitter in 2020 regarding the censorship, was, which polling showed or later showed did have an effect on the election. As voters said, they may not have voted for Biden had they known uh, exactly what was going on in the bam- family of, of the Biden family. In time, former FBI agents claimed that the reports were intentional misinformation and later formed Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey had to apologize in front of Congress for the suppression of the information. 
as well as been, been concerns that the big tech platform interfered with election in African American uh, countries by suppressing uh, censorship and uh, information there. Bloomberg reported in 2020 that social media platforms were cracking down on election-related content in Guinea uh, due to concerns that ex- existing government was using the platforms to spread misinformation. Well, a lot of damage done by Twitter and other big tech companies. And it's great to see, first of all, Elon Musk stepping up and dealing with the situation. And hopefully this new Congress will uh, have some hearings on this as well. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. 
Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, always happy to do it, Bob. It's nice to talk to you. You as well, Pastor Rick. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we at the Florida Citizens Alliance like to think of ourselves, and we want to actually be the kind of group that gives voice for the parents, and the other people that care about their kids in education. We try to represent parents' concerns and family members' concerns in the legislature and on the local level with our teams and school board meetings. We actually just want to advocate for all the people that care about kids and help bring solutions to the problems they run into in education. And that's really what we're about providing solutions all across Florida to help kids have the best education. And I'll say a, a real testament to just the very effectiveness of the Florida Citizens Alliance doing terrific work in helping to improve the quality of education in Florida. So the website is goflca.com, goflca.com. Pastor Rick, we have a, some new uh, school boards uh, right now across the state of Florida. Of course, a new brood sweeps clean. Do you have any ideas and thoughts about what they should be focusing on? Well, yeah, we do, actually. We've been thinking about several things, and and one of the things that sometimes school board members don't think about is that right from the start, they have the opportunity to take some big steps to bring about important changes in their school districts. Sometimes they're a little timid and think they need a little time to get used to things. We think in Collier County, the newly elected school board members, they're up to speed, they're ready to go, and we think they ought to take some big steps. For example, for a long time, that there's a big disconnect in Collier County, and they're not the only county. I'm not picking on Collier, but we're, we're here talking about Collier, so we should do that. That in high school, only 60% of high school students in Collier County are reading at proficiency level, at grade level, wow. and only 61% of the students are doing math at grade level. Yet the best numbers that I could find when I was looking for that uh, is that 91% of our high school students graduate from high school. Now, if we have only 60% that are proficient at math and reading, how is it that we're graduating 91%? Well, we think the school board ought to to investigate that and take a very careful look and find out what's going on, because either the students are really getting a wonderful education real fast, or something else is happening, and, and we need to know about that, because if the students are just being passed through, for whatever reason, then that's not fair to them or their families at all that the school's not stepping up and giving them the education they should have. And that's that's a big deal. We think somebody ought to take a look at that and look hard at it to fix it for the sake of our students. Why do we want to, to mistreat them by not giving them the education that we really think they should have? Well, and also just tell the truth. I mean, we've, we're giving these uh, schools a and B grades uh, for their performance, and yet you find out uh, when you kind of peel the onion here, you find out a lot of these students are not prepared. And uh, so we're lying to ourselves with these kinds of grades. We should, uh, first of all, just disclose exactly what the situation is, deal with the truth, and then do what we can in order to improve performance for our students. Well, that's right. And I don't think people realize how serious, and you, you bring it up exactly right, how serious lying is in our world today. And when we lie to ourselves, Mm-hmm. I mean, well, how do we expect to have good outcomes? You're exactly right. So, Pastor Rick, I mean, I think that's a great focus. How, how about uh, how are we looking? We just had a new administration, elections and so forth. How is uh, school administration looking in Tallahassee? 
Well, it actually looks pretty good. Now, we always go into these sessions thinking it looks pretty good, and then reality hits, but that's normal for a legislative cycle. That's, that's not unusual. But it's really interesting, the House had its organizing session, and, and the Senate was, was in Tallahassee as well. And from both the Senate President, uh, Pasadomo, and from the House Speaker, Renner, they sound like they're really going to do some good things for education. They mentioned parental rights as an important focus. We know that the governor has had that focus for a very long time, yeah. and it was a big deal in the campaign. So we think there's some good opportunities here. And uh, you're focused on parental rights as well. It's, uh, how are we doing with the strength of the parental rights uh, legislation that exists right now? Well, we're actually working to strengthen that. That's been happening over the last couple of years. And we all believe parents ought to have the right to do things, and the law has improved a great deal. But one of the interesting things is that there's always room for more improvement, and so we keep coming back to that. And we're working with uh, one of our partners. People may be familiar with the Alliance Defending Freedom. They've sent some draft legislation to us and some others here in Florida that we all want to work together toward. And one of the things people probably aren't conscious of and, and it's understandable. We've had the opportunity to see the curriculum the children see for a long time. But in this proposed legislation that we're going to start working on, it also gives parents the opportunity to see the training the teachers have had. Mm. And so that, that will bring real transparency to the coursework just by having that. And that's only one of the things in this new idea that we're working on. You know, that is just outstanding. I mean, just being as transparent as we possibly can. Uh, with uh, all the information for parents. And it, it's, you know, you kind of take it for granted, parent, parental rights and so forth, but you listen to what's happening across different states and what happened in Virginia. Why do parents need to know that it's none of their business? I mean, it's, my goodness, it's just outrageous some of the positions that school systems have taken across the country. Well, it really is. And this legislation that we're looking at, this idea to strengthen parental rights, also includes not only do parents have the right to make the decisions about their child's treatment, both physical and mental. But in this legislation, it says they need to consent in writing. You know, who of us thought that once we put that in there, that that um, it would become an issue again. But apparently it has, and we need to strengthen that so the parents have the opportunity to put it in writing. And I hope you're sitting down for this. This legislation includes a right of action that if the schools or anybody else in Florida doesn't honor parents' rights, it gives them the opportunity to to sue a government entity to correct the abuses that they've, that they've suffered. So that's wow. a really huge step in the right direction. We hope the legislature will put that into place because that, that, that demonstrates that a law means something. If there are no teeth in the law, then it really doesn't mean much. So we're hoping that the legislature will put that kind of teeth in the parental rights bill and really give parents the opportunity to say, look, you didn't follow the law. And now we're going to force you to follow the law. Sometimes it takes that, unfortunately. Yeah, it does, uh, Pastor Rick. Well, uh, so much more to talk about. But before I let you go, I do want to uh, just get an update on what's happening with regard to uh, your uh, fundraising efforts coming up uh, in next year. Well, we're working hard because we always have to find money to do the good <laughs> things we're trying to do. And um, people need to pay attention. We're having a big gala next March. And we've invited Speaker Newt Gingrich to join us and People who know or are familiar with Speaker Gingrich know he always has insightful things. He's a brilliant guy, yep. and uh, they can go to our website and, and join us for that. Tickets are on sale now. It'd be a great time to buy a gift for somebody for the holidays. And the website, again, is goflca.com, goflca.com. 
Rick.com. Pastor Rick, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, Bob. You have a great day. And you as well. Thank you, Pastor Rick. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the Wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. going to be absolutely beautiful. Also bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now and find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. Michael is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you so much, Michael. Hey, I understand you were quoted in the Wall Street Journal this week. Yes, that does happen from time to time. So tell us about the, the story. So uh, there was a, there's a judge in Texas, a federal judge, who back in September ruled that Obamacare's mandate requiring consumers to purchase full 100% coverage for all preventive care services that, a federal, that some federal bureaucrats select is unconstitutional. And we're waiting for the judge to tell us what the impact of that ruling is. Will he say that the federal government cannot enforce that mandate with respect to the individual and employer plaintiffs who brought that suit? Or will he get nationwide effect, strike down that entire provision of the law, 
and therefore free everyone from from that mandate. This is a big deal. I haven't even heard about this. So, I mean, I think you and I would agree that the, this whole thing has been unconstitutional since it was passed. So much of Obamacare and the federal government uh, writ large is un- unconstitutional, uh, conflicts with the express uh, limits that, con- that the states put on Congress and the executive branch. And this is, uh, this is no exception. The way this mandate works is a group of federal bureaucrats called the United States Preventive Services Task Force gets to make up a list of preventive services. And it's that what, if a service makes that list, that insurance companies have to cover it, which means they, uh, that, that you and I have to pay uh, added premiums in order to purchase that coverage. The problem is the United, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force bureaucrats do not receive Senate confirmation. Yeah, and the uh, judge, the federal judge in Texas, ruled that in order to wield that kind of power, you have to have Senate confirmation. And because they don't, this mandate is invalid. You know, here, and I should add, it's also counterproductive. Well, in so, so, so many different ways. I mean, uh, if it was real insurance, and we're talking about insurance companies, they would compete to offer the very best policies. Maybe they'd want to include some of these mandates. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd like to have sell catastrophic care or uh, different types of policies. But right now we have the government mandating what's going to be in the policies. Where's the opportunity to compete? There really isn't one. And if consumers were controlling their health care dollars and insurance companies could compete on a level playing field without the government tilting the playing field this way or that, we would have robust competition that would involve uh, covered or cost-effective preventive care services. There were a lot of insurance companies that were offering the types of coverage uh, that fall under this mandate before the federal government mandated it, which is great. That is a that is evidence of that sort of competition. But this mandate then also, what this mandate does is it ends up requiring the people who don't want to purchase that coverage to purchase it. And that's often coverage that uh, not only makes their health insurance more expensive, so they, they can't afford it, but violates many people's deeply held religious and moral principles like contraception. Right. Uh, those are some of the, uh, 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 that some of the coverage that the plaintiffs in this case were objecting to. They don't want to purchase uh, contraception or coverage for it, and they have a right not to do that because everyone has the right to decide uh, whether and to what extent to pool their resources with other people to pay for health care through health insurance. Absolutely, and in fact, uh, also, uh, some people are in better health than others. Some people may choose to get catastrophic care and have a health savings account, while others may choose to have uh, insurance that covers everything so that uh, if they have uh, major expenses, that they'll all be covered by by insurance. So right now, they're kind of taking it's one-size-fits-all. Isn't that? It pretty much comes down to one-size-fits-all, doesn't it? It does, and these mandates are often uh, 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 useless or even counterproductive. There's a huge randomized controlled study in Europe of encouraging people to receive colonoscopies. This is one of the preventive care services that Obamacare mandates. And it turned out that they can find no evidence that encouraging people to receive colonoscopies, which is akin to Obamacare's mandate, uh, improved the health outcomes improved, saved, they couldn't find that it saved a single life. 
uh, even in this massive, well-designed, randomized controlled study. And when Obamacare mandated coverage for all contraceptives, essentially, you know, making them, quote, free at the point of purchase, because insurance is covering 100% of it. Uh, at the same time, Obamacare did this, uh, prices for hormones and oral contraceptives skyrocketed. And it's because the insurance companies knew that the consumers didn't, uh, didn't care about the price because the insurance companies were paying, but the consumers would be tried to drop the high-priced uh, uh, hormones and oral contraceptives. And so a mandate that was supposed to make things more affordable actually made them less affordable. You know, uh, Michael, how do we fix this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. How, you know, it's just, of course, all this was designed to move to a single-payer system, and it's looking more and more like that, even though it has the trappings of being private insurance. How do we fix it? One of the answers is an idea that you and I have discussed before, letting residents purchase coverage that is exempt from Obamacare's mandate uh, from U.S. territories like Puerto Rico, because the Obama administration from Obamacare's worst regulation, most costly regulation. And so if the state of Florida just says, hey, you know what? We're going to recognize the insurance licenses that uh, Puerto Rico and the other territories issue, then Florida residents could purchase coverage that is not only up to 70% less expensive than Obamacare plan, yeah. but that offers better coverage, where Obamacare offers junk coverage that encourages a race to the bottom and rationing of care to the sick. Uh, people who purchase coverage, Obamacare exempt coverage from the territories, could get uh, lifetime coverage that... that, that, that Michael, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. You bet, Bob. Take care. Take care. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. He is the uh, uh, surgeon who replaced both of my knees. He just replaced my hip as well back in June. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting uh, network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do 
you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You're listening to the commercial of uh, Dr. George Markovich is just reminding myself that, hey, he just replaced my hip, full hip replacement in June of this year. I'm so grateful for uh, for the work he's done. He replaced my knees in 2006 and uh, not only become, he's a great doctor, maybe the greatest orthopedic surgeon in the history of the world, but <laughs> He's, he's also a great friend as well. Dr. George Markovich is here with us. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, as they say, built a lot of my career on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you are a giant as well, uh, doctor. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. We listen to the swan song of uh, Dr. Fauci saying, uh, you know, that it's, everybody should get uh, jabbed. Uh, again, we got to start think about wearing masks and the, you know justifying shutdowns and so forth. Boy, it's just a continuous cycle. This nonsense. I just want, appreciate your comments. So good riddance on Dr. Fauci. Uh, you know there is a just an absence of honesty and integrity to this individual. Uh, he's been a destructive force for mankind, mm-hmm. and um, you know what I would have hoped in terms of a pandemic is somebody coming out and saying, you know, it's time for society to get healthier, do some common sense things, wash your hands. Uh, you know, if you're sick, stay away from people, uh, but be reasonable just like you have, uh, your entire life and what you've taught your children and what your grandmother told you. Uh, instead, uh, you know, you have a society that's fearful, that's confused and it's been promulgated by people like him. You know, I went to uh, physical therapy yesterday. There's a guy sitting there with a mask on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, in the absence of information, I'm guessing he came down from New Jersey or someplace up north where everybody's wearing ma- everybody's masked up. But, you know, if you think about the uh, things that uh, we've done in this society, no ivermectin, uh, no hydroxychloroquine, masking people, six feet uh, separation in terms of uh, be- being together and so forth, uh, shutdowns. Uh, so this stuff has been so destructive, and yet there's. Uh, I'm finding out, at least I, what I'm reading, is there's almost no scientific support and proof for these uh, for these things. And he knew it uh, because in the past he said things like that because it's true. Masks uh, have not been shown to do much of anything, and N95 masks can do something if you wear them correctly, but very limited. Mm-hmm. Very limited. It's all about herd immunity and uh, 
uh, rational, rational public health uh, methods to try to control a communicable disease, uh, a viral illness. Uh, look, there's a lot of changes in society, you know, from social media to my world. You know, I was in the hospital lounge the other day and uh, having uh, performed some surgeries. And the doctors just, you know, they're on computers. Nobody's taking care of patients in the hospital. Uh, they order tests, but they don't look at them. Um, you know, it's just a, a it's a crazy direction in terms of uh society and you know i was doing revision or redo surgeries which uh we have to do in the hospital setting and my goal is to try to get rid of pain so that you don't have to take medicines to mask it mm-hmm. uh augment people's health in every way including their immune system so they're they're less prone to uh untoward effects and infections and things like that and uh, help them live a wonderful quality of life. That's what my goal is. And I got to get them out of the hospital as quickly as possible because of, you know, the, the changes that have occurred. Um, and uh, because mistakes get made and, and there's problems in that setting. A lot of what we do is in the outpatient setting. Mm-hmm. Um, people get to go home, sleep in their own bed, uh, be in a healthy environment. And uh, I think that's how we recently did your hip a few months ago, and it works a lot better. So, you know, even though the Dr. Fauci's of the world and, uh, you know, some people want to pull wool over people's eyes, uh, you know, we're in the business of trying to improve things and make things better and better and better. And look, uh, look at this, uh, you know, Samuel Bankman-Fried kid uh, that uh, is a crook, uh, a drug-addled you know, uh, arguably smart kid because he got good grades and went to a good school because his parents were college professors, and he's he's a con man. Yeah, yeah it's just so, so unfortunate. And just to, to mention, I did have my hip replaced on June the 9th. To me, and I'm, I'm repeating myself, I know, but nevertheless, this is a modern-day miracle to actually show up at 6.15 in the morning, be on a, a bed uh, for, ready for surgery at 7.30, and getting in the car and going home at 11 o'clock uh, after full hip replacement, to me, that is just astounding, doctor. And, of course, my hip feel, feels great. You did a great job on my hip. So uh, it's just amazing. It is amazing. And, and we've, you know, made wonderful strides. Uh, and it's been evolutionary. It's, it's, there's no revolutions. I mean, Bob, the revolution will be the biological approach to uh, joint disease. And, you know, that may be coming. We're uh, in, you know, the throngs of that as well, trying to uh, improve the uh, biologic environment or milieu of joints so that there's less inflammation and less pain. Uh, We use uh, various injections and things like that in Mm -hmm. the right setting. Um, But when the process has reached an end stage where there's no more cartilage or cushioning. The bone rubs on the bone. You need a mechanical uh, solution, which is uh, joint replacement. And it works exceedingly well in the knees, hips, and shoulders. And that's primarily what I do. And I try to get people as healthy as they can uh, before undergoing that and then keep that going in terms of their activities. Uh, down here, we're blessed with good weather. Everybody wants to play golf, tennis, pickleball, you know, go to the walk on the beach and what have you, and that's our charge. 
Absolutely. And I'm so grateful that uh, you did replace my hip. And I just uh, suggest for any of our listeners that are uh, dealing with joint pain, you don't have to. I mean, you, you, there's, and you don't, surgery is not all the solution. As Dr. Markovich took care of my, uh, my, during, before my knee replacement, I think we spent a couple of years with some injections and other things to try and mitigate the pain. And uh, finally, I, I said, doctor, I need to get my knees replaced. <laughs> I just can't, I can't sleep at night. And uh, fortunately, right. That all worked out great, and I'm just so grateful that it happened. Well, thank you, Bob. It, it's, it's, you know, what we live for. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, your experience. Um, when we were setting our program up, uh, one of our first patients was actually my sister, who's from San Francisco, who came down to have her hip replaced. And uh, she sent me her x-rays, and, you know, I said, look, uh, you got a terrible hip. Uh, who better... Who, who can you trust more than your brother? Right. So uh, she came down. I, I took her to the surgery center. We did the surgery. I finished a few more cases. I took her, you know, to our house where she, you know, healed up over the next uh, seven to ten days or so until my brother-in-law visited for a day or two, and then they flew home. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing to be able to take away people's pain and to help them, uh, you know, navigate in a in a way that's much better they you know she sleeps better she walks better she plays tennis she you know she doesn't even know it's there yeah and uh you know it's just a a really gratifying feeling to be able to do that to any human being uh and and i you know care for my patients like i would for my family and friends absolutely in fact uh I was also pleased that uh, I was able to uh, go and get uh, same-day surgery in and out, uh, don't stay over in a hospital, uh, and avoid the hospital because hospitals are dangerous places. There's a lot of disease floating around in there. Indeed, and um, hospitals are for sick people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Our patients aren't sick. They just have a bad joint. Yeah, absolutely. Back to Fauci, one one last comment. I mean, this guy is... uh, he has never presented uh, scientific proof for the things that he's been mandating, including six feet apart and all these things. Uh, to your point, I'm glad to see him go. And I think right now we're discovering that uh, people are more susceptible to the va- to the virus after they've been vaccinated than before. So um, right now we're discovering there at least there's more and more proof that the, that these uh, vaccines could do more harm than good. That guy is living proof because he got vaccinated and boosted and he had COVID two times after that and had to take some, you know, strong drugs to overcome it and uh, had significant side effects from it. So, look, uh, he should know better. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a smart guy who, is, who has an agenda. Yeah, absolutely. And he always had an agenda, and this was an opportunity for him to make an impact, uh, and it's been incredibly destructive and pushed our country in the wrong direction. We have many challenges ahead. I am hopeful that people like him get thrown, and our current administration, a lot of people that make up it are thrown into the dustbins of history. Absolutely. I got a notice from my dentist. I said, you've got to come in. We just want to let you know that we follow all CDC protocols. <laughs> what do you listen to that voodoo medicine for? <laughs> Anyhow, doctor, I really appreciate your support. And uh, I want to remind our listeners, uh, call Dr. Markovich's office. It's 482 5399 4825399 Dr. Markovich really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My I pleasure. 
All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill right. Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, it's a pleasure on this this gorgeous, gorgeous Thursday. Uh, I understand you're going to tee it up a little bit later, huh? Yeah, just uh, not too much time after the show. Going to be running off to the golf course, but looking forward to a beautiful day in the wonderful sun right down here in southwest Florida. In the yeah, hey, Bob, tell me, you know, we followed you along with your, you had such a, such a bad, um, uh, with your hips, right? Um, your back, you had a bad back and neck for so long, and then you had that surgery, and we were wondering if you were going to, come back and be able to play and now you're out there uh, how are you feeling I, i'm so grateful i mean i uh, my hip feels great i had back surgery in 2021 major back surgery i was under for five and right. a half hours and uh still got a little hitch in my giddy up from my back but <laughs> other than that <laughs> other than that i think i'm doing pretty darn good I'm, at least i'm mobile and i'm just so grateful to be out uh, with friends uh, having a good time playing golf it's just really nice Oh, that's great! Um, I'm glad to hear because I know because I know we we would we would have dinner with you guys once in a while, you know. And I just felt bad for you because you just looked like you were uncomfortable. But this that's really great news. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Bill. Good, good, good for you. It'll be a good holiday. Good, good holiday for you. So, uh, 
hey, you know what? I see. I just I just saw in the paper that two years later, uh, Twitter censor admits blocking post was wrong. Remember they had that big scandal about blocking uh, the New York Post uh, on the. Um, I guess it was what on on the on the Biden thing. Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, it's the New York Post, uh, Bob Alinsky and and his story of, of the uh, uh, that was all blocked. New York Post published a story, and then Twitter and other tech companies, big tech companies, including Facebook, uh, well they they suppressed the story and didn't let voters find out about it. Right, and now it's, uh, it's two years later. Uh, Twitter censor admits blocking post was wrong. Yeah, it's a little late, two years later, but. Uh, uh, so yesterday, they, they in the interview, uh, Elon Musk promised that Twitter 2.0 will be more fair to avoid political interference. Well, we'll see. You know what? I just really admire him for what he's doing. I mean, at great risk, I realize he's got tons of money, richest man in the world, but uh, still $44 billion is a lot of money. And yeah. uh, he's going in and, and facing, I think, a lot of uh, headwinds. And what he's trying to do, but I really—he just seems very dedicated to it, and it's just music to my ears to hear that he wants to get rid of the suppression of information, have make the town square uh, where people can have a good exchange of uh, reasonable ideas, and, right. and he is getting pushback from from the left in no uncertain oh. terms. Yeah, yeah, big big time. But uh, that's that, I found that pretty interesting, and and it was about time, which is good. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, anyway, back to you know to Naples. Uh, I've seen. I, I certainly see uh, more traffic, and I oh. the, the restaurants are jammed. No doubt about it. I mean, I think it's going to be a good season, but I don't ever want to forget about those that are uh, a lot less fortunate than us, friends of ours that have that that really and truly um, kind of between up a up a rock there uh, between a rock and a hard place with trying to figure out what to do with what's left of their homes. Yeah. You know? Sad commentary indeed. Um, and, uh, it's a, Even if you have money, I mean, it's a tremendous inconvenience. But to think about the people that don't have the resources to replace what they have, you, just, you know, they're virtually starting over, and it's just such a sad situation. Fortunately, we have a good governor. We have a good uh, Collier County commissioners here in Collier County. I mean, the, so the government is good. And uh, to to provide support for people that really really need it. Well, yeah, I, absolutely. But I, I don't know if it's enough. Yeah. But they're I think they're 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 doing what they can. I mean, I was uh, I don't know what I was watching last night. That FEMA has all these trailers and people can't get them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they they showed you know like like a whole lot of them uh, last night. And they said people were having trouble getting the FEMA trailers. <laughs> what good are they if you can't if they can't get them? Well, so, they, they've been approved. Know. They've been approved to be released to Florida. I know. I, I, I do recall right. that. Right. Absolutely. But they're 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 they haven't quite made it yet. I guess. Yeah. Makes so, you makes you wonder right. if perhaps uh, there's some politics involved in that. Bob, you know, after all these years on on your show, and I can't. I've lost count of the years. There's always politics in pretty much everything we talk about, even when we don't want them to be politics. Good point. You're absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely right, Bill. But I must say, it, it is refreshing to you, you mentioned the point about the restaurants being full. And uh, boy, the traffic's come back. It's just unbelievable. The number of people that are down here, you can blame them. I mean, the weather up north right. has been pretty, right. pretty chilly. 
And they said that this season's supposed to be a little drier um, and cooler. Um, I saw that. I saw that yesterday because something to do with Sahara winds or whatever it is. So I never can figure that out anyway. But uh, uh, so it looks like maybe there'll be. It'll be. Hopefully, it'll be a nice season for us this year. I think and, so. Um, with no calamities. No calamities. You know, they mentioned that uh, hurricane season is over on the 30th of November. Well, there have been some pretty major hurricanes in other months besides uh, uh, June through uh, November. Yeah, true. True. Um, well, we, we've, we've had our share, yeah. I'll tell you what. And uh, I think people will breathe a breathing sigh of relief. And, you know, I, I, I will leave you with this. I know that um, I have friends that are... Um, up on on Sanibel, and um, uh, actually, uh, a friend of mine is a adjuster up there, um, and he's with a with a big insurance company, and that's that's where he is. He's just stationed up there, and um, he said they're they're working away up there, but boy, you wouldn't know it. It's he said it's just uh, Sanibel yeah. and um, Captiva just got hit so hard, and and the other little uh, northern. Uh, uh, villages and towns up there, uh, and you don't hear a lot about that. No, you but, don't. Uh, there, there are people working every day trying to rebuild, so I think we'll get there. Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, thank you, Bob, and remember, go Bill. Okay, go Bills. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Bill. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. We've got some great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman. Uh, he's with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Uh, Erica Donalds is the uh, founder and CEO of Optima Foundation, doing great things for uh, for uh, school choice and charter schools. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobhardnethotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, that's one of the ways we get the word out, and we couldn't do this without our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>